You're listening to the Cosmic Pirate Radio Show Podcast Number 13 So Roger and I thought that we'd talk tonight about beer Since it's something we love so much that we've talked about before Pardon me because right now I'm chewing on a piece of an everything bagel Because I'm hungry as anything So we're, we're going to talk about home brewing I'm going to explain a little bit to you about how to brew What kind of stuff you're going to need What the easiest beer to brew is and why you should do it, because it's fun. In the long run, once you've gotten that initial investment back, which is, I mean, shoot, what, under 150 bucks, Roger, probably. For everything. Oh, for 150 bucks, you can have a real good setup. Exactly, a real decent setup with a couple of good ingredient batches. And once you've recouped the investment there, you're looking at spending, what, $13 a case or less? Uh, it all depends. Yeah, My I beers mean, tend to be a little more expensive than that because I like to go with some really good hops. Okay. I actually went and did an all-grain batch uh, recently, and that beer turned out to be about 38 cents a bottle. Well, I, that's the thing. If you go all-grain, it's even cheaper yet. Exactly. Um, so let's let's start with, uh, with what, what got me onto the initial topic for this evening. Is earlier today, as you know, Roger, <clears> I... Uh, or actually, yesterday, I was contacted. Pardon me, I'm chewing. <laughs> That's the same piece. Chew on, <laughs> man. Chew on. That's a piece I took a bite of about three minutes ago. <laughs> I was talking the whole time with it in my... Anyway. Um, Should be nice and soggy by now. Shame, uh, shame. So, so the reason I got on this topic today was because yesterday, I was contacted by Wood, 1300 AM, out in West Michigan. They uh, They were doing a... I thought it was in Wisconsin. No, it's Michigan. Oh, okay. Yep. They're, uh, Steve, Don't mind me. Steve Kelly was the newsman that morning interviewing me. This morning, actually. They contacted me yesterday and wanted to do it today. So I, they gave me a call this morning for their Friday weekends project uh, segment that they do every Friday. And this week, their weekend project was homebrewing beer. So they found my website, com, and contacted me. But I think it went well. And uh, and that got me on to thinking about well hey we should do a uh, how to brew beer for our uh, cosmic pirate radio show listeners I mean you agree, you're in agreement with that Rod right it's been a long time coming we've been doing this podcast for a little while now up our thirteenth episode and uh, and uh, we drink beer every time we're doing it so and we of brew course. beer so I mean one thing you know you just you have to you have to talk about the beer it's inevitable where do we start do you want to take us down the road of home brewing. Initially, you know, you're, what you're going to need to get started and stuff and and uh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, basically, for somebody just starting out, I think the easiest thing to do would just go to the store that sells the homebrewing supplies, which you can find by looking in the phone book. Hey, wait and, a minute. Wait a minute, Roger. Yes? They can go to cryptobrewology.com. Oh, excuse me. We'll have to edit out that phone book stuff. <laughs> they can, they can, they can look at the homebrew di- supplier directory. Right. Shame on me. Yep. Right. At that, that sound, by the way, was me <laughs> slapping myself on the wrist. <laughs> right at that website, shame, they can, shame. they can. I'll have a link right to that directory. Anyone interested in finding a homebrewer near you? This is this is nationwide. I'll have a uh, a link right to that directory on our podcast. Uh, blog at cosmic.myeyes.net and uh, you guys can check that out and find a, a homebrew supply store near you so go ahead rod so anyway after you go to crypto brewology and find a store near you stop in talk to the people running the store you know explain to them that you're interested in getting started and that you really don't have any equipment yet 
and they'll show you different kits they have, you know, from beginner to advanced to whatever price range you're looking for. I'd say $50 or less you can buy all the equipment you need to get started. And of course, as you continue brewing and learn and decide what kind of beers you're really interested in making, you'll buy more equipment because you never have enough equipment. There's always something better out there. Let's let's break this down just to give these guys an idea. The brew that we do is not a full five-gallon brew. And the brew that most home brew, most newbie home brewers are going to try to do, unless they have a five-gallon or six-gallon turkey fryer that they could use to brew their beer, I've done uh, that. That works great. That's what I use. Oh, you do do five gallons total now? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still doing the, uh, the half and half. I'm still brewing about two and a half gallons and then mixing it. I'm doing a concentrated brew is basically what I'm saying. And, and a concentrated brew is easy for a newbie because it might already be a stock pot that they have, you know, like a, a 10 or 12 or a, maybe a 12 or a 17 quart stock pot. Yeah. So, so I'm saying you can brew up a beer with a five gallons of beer with starting with two gallons in your, in your stock pot. Let's put down like 30 bucks for that. They're going to need a plastic fermenter, right? They, uh, the food grade plastic fermenter. Or a carboy, and I and I think that the that the six gallon carboy and a plastic fermenter are going to be within five or seven bucks of each other. So we can say fifteen bucks and split it down the middle. Right. Some places will actually still have glass carboys. Right. So let's let's do twenty. But it doesn't let's, matter. You don't you don't get a, a taste from the plastic, so it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. I've I've used plastic, and I use plastic actually as my secondary fermenter. So we have we'll, we'll say twenty bucks for the carboy, and they're going to need a, an airlock which is probably right. going to cost them less than two bucks. And a stopper, which is probably going to cost them less than a buck. A bottle capper, they can probably get for about 15 bucks. So we'll put 15... You'll probably get one less than that. Yeah, well, my hand capper cost me 15 bucks. They could probably get one for less, but I'll put 15 to 20 on there. I'll put 15 yeah, on okay. there. It's been a while since I bought one. Well, and also things are probably going up a little bit. Right. Um, and... What else are we going to need now? Do we need a secondary fermenter right now, or can they leave it in that primary? For you don't two? need one, no. They can leave it in a primary When I for started two out, weeks. I used a six-gallon bucket. Right. That's how I started. And you'd leave it in there for two weeks and then finally bottle right from that, right? I was too eager. I, I did it after a week. It wasn't after I was brewing for a while that I realized, you know, just wait. Be patient. Right. Quick question, Raj. We need a bucket for priming. The initial fermenter is, is going to have the, the sediment at the bottom after that's all settled out. Now, right. you need a bucket for priming that you can transfer the beer into and stir in the priming sugar. How can they use the same bucket for that? I don't think they can, can they? They're going yeah, to you need, can. They're going, well, that's when, how I used to do it. Even you know with the, uh, the hops and everything in there, you mix up uh, the priming sugar with either some sterile water or preferably some of the wort. Okay. And then just slowly pour it in and stir it. And, uh, you know, try not to stir up the uh, sediment too much. Right, but I think but that's, that's how I used to do it. Well, I mean, even if you do stir up a little bit, the amount that you're going to get in the bottle is not much. Right, and it's going to settle out anyway. So that's an option. If they want to, they can get an extra bucket for bottling purposes for priming and bottling. And that'll be something they can they rack into then. So that would be another, you know, another 10 bucks on top of the whatever. I mean, all told here, we're talking like 70 bucks for just that stuff. That doesn't include going and grabbing some rubber hoses or a racking cane, which is probably not going to cost any more than 10 bucks for all that stuff. Um, and a bottling tube with the little, you know, gadget that you, you put. Yeah, bottle filler. The bottle filler. I mean, those things can't be more than 5 bucks or whatever. 
This stuff, I mean, easily less than 100 bucks, they can get the equipment they need and probably an ingredient kit to get started. What's the easiest beer to brew, Raj? An ale, right? Actually, an ale, yeah, because that'll ferment at room temperature. No refrigeration needed, so yeah, that's the easiest to make. In my opinion, it's the tastiest, too. Because the that's uh, just an opinion. Because the ale is a top-fermenting yeast, and you can ferment it at 65 to 75. I think you and I have even fermented stuff at like 80 degrees, and, it, and, and there's been no ill effect. Right. Lagers, you need to ferment at like 45 to 55 degrees, right? So they need to be yep. in a controlled, cool environment. Correct. But the easiest thing to start out with is an ale. In a nutshell, you got your malt barley extract, you have your hops, and then you have your five gallons of water. You you brew this up. You can do don't it. Don't use like, tap water. Well, uh, unless you have like a reverse osmosis system. I use uh, I have a Brita filter, and I use filtered tap water for my brew for two and a half gallons. I use three bottles of bottled water for to to put in the carboy. And when I'm done with my brewing of the concentrated wort, which is what they call the uh, beer before it's actually beer. What you do then is you pour that, you, you cool down that wort, and then you pour it into your fermenter with that cooler beer, or cooler water, and it all mixes together, and then you can pitch your yeast. Now, once you've pitched your yeast, you stir it up, or, or whatever, agitate it, and get it, get it uh, all stirred up in there. You put your airlock on, put a little bit of alcohol, uh, you know, like uh, uh, vodka or water in the airlock. Uh, vodka would just ensure that no bacteria is going to get in there at all, if there's any backflow. And then once it's in your fermenter, you're going to let it sit for a week or two. I recommend two because it does settle out a lot better after two weeks. That's a lot clearer. And you've got a lot less sediment in the bottle when you're done. If anyone out there has ever had a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, take a look at the bottom of that beer. Just look underneath it. You're going to see a fine layer of sediment down the bottom of that bottle. That's from bottle conditioning. That is the yeast sediment settling out after it's carbonated the beer in that bottle. That's how home brews are carbonated as well. You're going to do you're going to ferment your beer for 2 weeks then you're going to bottle it. Before you bottle it you're going to do a priming process where you mix in some priming sugar just to kind of get that yeast activated again and let it ferment a little bit of extra sugar and it'll create the carbonation in the bottle once that bottle is capped. So you're going to let that beer sit for 2 weeks. The longer you let it sit in the fermenter before you bottle the cleaner and less sediment you'll finally have in your bottled beer. After a couple of weeks, man, Rod, you pop them in the fridge for a few hours, and then you give them a try. I mean, it's really awesome. I actually uh, recommend that you don't get it too chilled because you get more flavors from the beer right. when it's a little warmer. Of course, everybody likes a cold beer, but that's just the American uh, way of drinking it. I, yeah. appreci- I appreciate a beer that has a full flavor has little nuances in the flavor as you're tasting it and as it as it warms up in the in the glass after you've after you've poured it. A lot of things happen in a beer after you've popped it and poured it into a glass. The shape of the glass also matters too, just like some wines. You have the, the different types of uh, wine glass shapes for different types of wines. For beer as well, when you finally sip that beer and as it as it warms throughout your drinking You'll notice different things about the uh, the various ingredients in that beer. Now, if someone if someone put in some uh, additional flavorings like raspberry or something like that, these kind of things will come through. Um, there's that malty flavor from the original malted barley, and there's the hops flavors and bitterness 
that are imparted, or the wheat malts. That's right. Raj, what's your favorite beer? Commercial beer, you mean? Uh, yeah, let's start with commercial. Your I have favorite? To say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And tell me why you like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh, it's definitely the hops. It's it re- a very hoppy brew. It is. But does it remind you of something when you first pop that bottle and pour it and take a sniff? Oh, it reminds me of my first homebrew. Mm-hmm. That's how I got started with Sierra Nevada. I stopped in at a, a bar one time. We were going there for dinner, and it turns out they don't make food anymore. And it's like, oh, well, here, let's have a beer. And a, a woman working the bar says, hey, you know, we just got this new stuff in. And it was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale on tap. And I said, yeah, let me have that. I'll try that. I took a sniff of that, and then my first taste of it, I said, boy, this tastes like my first homebrew. Mm-hmm. And I've been hooked on it ever since. Yep. And do you remember what I commented to you when I first tried it? I was like, Raj, this tastes just like a homebrew. Because I yeah. think it's I think it's because of that carbonation, that, that bottle conditioning that goes on in there. Oh, there's, to me, there's a definite difference between um, artificially carbonated and bottle conditioned beer. Yes. I mean, I definitely notice a difference. The yeast. And I prefer the bottle conditioned. The yeast in that bottle is affecting the flavor of that beer. It's like a wheat beer. They say to stir up the yeast and pour it with the beer. You know, Correct. It's supposed to be part of the flavor. But having that yeast sediment in the bottom of a carbonated or bottle-conditioned ale gives it that home-brewy flavor. That's why I like Magic Hat. That's why I like Sierra Nevada. And there are many, many uh, microbrewers out there who are doing the, the uh, bottle-conditioned approach to carbonation instead of artificially doing it. First of all, it's less equipment for them to have to buy. If they control their fermentation and get it just right, then they can bottle it and be confident in in the, that conditioning happening in the bottle over a certain period of time, having providing the right carbonation and just a minimal yeast sediment at the bottom. It's pretty cool. And it, and it always tastes good, too, like you said. My father drinks, uh, like, Bush Light or something. And, uh, yeah. and I think he gets, like, a case for, like, you know, eight ninety nine. I don't know. It's, it's just... I was reading a review. Uh, sometimes we pick up this Pocono Pale Ale stuff, and it's okay, but it's 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 a really low cost beer. I mean, this stuff is like fifteen dollars a case. Ales, uh, ales that we're used to are not fifteen dollars a case. Like I said, I just picked up Saranac Pale Ale for twenty one and change. Uh, most of the cases I looked at tonight of the of the microbrew ales were twenty five to twenty nine dollars a case. There were a couple mm-hmm. just there were a couple just over thirty dollars a case. Ale is not cheap. A really good micro brewed ale is not cheap, um, but you do get what you pay for, you know. Yeah, well, I don't think the fact that it's an ale makes it more expensive because you can get some lagers that are just as expensive, right? As long as it's not the uh, big commercial mass produced lager, right? It's and it's going to be more expensive, and also it's imported or whatever. The ales have. Uh, in recent times gained in popularity right and you know it's all the microbreweries and unfortunately the microbreweries have to charge more money because they're not making this by the uh, billions of gallons so you know in order for them to make money and stay in business they have to charge a little more but like you're saying you get what you pay for yep you know i'm a big i'm an ale guy you're an ale guy i'm an ale guy too and i but on occasion I will have uh, that moment where I, I want to give a, give a, you know, try a lager. I'm not really in an ale mood or something, and I'll grab like uh, Molson Canadian or something or 
or the Saint or Saint Pauli girl. And mainly, I like the Saint Pauli girl because the chick on that bottle is just hot. I mean, come on, she's a pe- <laughs> she's a piece of artwork. But I mean, geez, there was a girl that came to our Halloween party last year dressed like the Saint Pauli girl. Roger, I got to show you pictures. You want to have your tongue hanging out of your mouth? <sighs> anyway, yeah, let's stay on topic here. Yes. Do you remember the? Do you remember when I was down there last visiting you? What was it? Fanny's, Fanny, Ale or something Annie's like that. Fanny. No, that wasn't the name of it. Annie's Fanny. If you want to, if you want to stand by for a second, I'll go get it. I still have the uh, bottle. Okay, go check it out. Um, yeah, hold on. Keep our audience uh, will, entertained for a moment, will you? <laughs> I'll keep the audience entertained. Roger's going to get the, a bottle of beer oh, we boy. we purchased <laughs> while we were down there, while I was visiting him a couple years back, and. Um, it was something about Annie's Fanny. The name of the beer, he's going to find out. But it had a scratch-off label. And you actually would get your coin and you would scratch off the label. And there underneath Annie's skirt was Annie's Fanny. And it was quite interesting. Bare naked butt girl on the bottle of beer. So um, I think he's on his way back to the to the microphone now. Let's see. I'm and back. There he is. Okay. What would you find okay. out, Roger? Well, I... Didn't grab the uh, bottle because uh, I'd have to go digging in the garage for it. But I do have the six-pack holder. Now, okay. looking at this, I, it brings up two things that I'd like to mention somewhere in this show. Because it says right here, brewed in Belgium. Okay. First thing I'd like to mention, actually, is uh, save your six-pack holders. You will need them. Right. Back to the homebrewing topic. Save six-pack holders and save uh, pop-off beer bottles. Yes, you will need plenty of them. So go out and buy... Two cases worth. Yeah, yeah, go out and buy uh, some beers, some ales, micro-brewed ales, and you'll get those bottles with the round top that you pop the cap on. Those are the kind of bottles you want, and when you're done drinking those, rinse them out, keep them, and then when it comes time to brew, you're going to sanitize those bottles, and you're, you're going to be good to go. And you'll have a, you'll have two cases worth of bottles to... Uh, I save bottles. Roger, at some point, I think I had like six cases of empty bottles here, and I would have never brewed that much beer. In, in that. <laughs> By the time I finish with one brew and finish drinking it, I'm ready for another one. I, I have my two cases empty again. But, yeah, I was uh, going to say, we when we were brewing together, we were doing two cases, of, I mean, two batches a month. Yep, and, we sh- and, I, and I wish you were still up here. we'd be getting schnookered every time we're making it, too. <laughs> uh, exactly. It was the best, man. I think I have to move to Florida. Many but- a times I wound up sleeping over because I was too drunk to drive home because we were brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, I-, I can't even pronounce the name of this because it's in Belgium. <clears throat> you said what Belgium? Oh, is- you said Belgium, not Belgium. Okay. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. But, uh, that was my Belgium. Anyway, it's... Uh, Says Fanny says bottoms up the beer with the scratch and grin label. Don't you remember it had the little scratch off thing on there, like the right. uh, instant would, lottery tickets? That's exactly what I just explained. When you scratch off the panties, it's got the bare bottom. That's what I just said to our uh, our listeners out here. That uh, oh, that is so nasty. Oh my god. Oh my god. What did I miss? I'm looking at. I, I googled Fanny says bottoms up, and there's this. Uh, I, just saw like the nastiest picture of some guy's ass crack okay well if you're going to google or check a, a website there actually is a website for this beer it's fannysbeerusa.com what's how do you the, spell uh, fanny how do you spell fanny's beer? i was just going to say that i was just going to tell you i should say thank you it's f-a-n-n-i-e-b-e-e 
FannieBeerUSA.com. FannieBeerUSA. USA. And here I go. No, it's imported by Old, old World Distributors in beautiful Florida. I got a field. Humid filled. Florida, I might add. Ooh, has it been nasty lately? Well, we've been nasty in Jersey, too. I've, I did not get Fanny Beer USA, Roger. Uh, I'm getting an error on the page cannot be found. Uh, maybe the uh, website is gone, then. You didn't look? No, I'm reading it off the side of the uh, six-pack holder. Oh. Well, I guess that might have been one of those, uh, let's try it, and it didn't do that well, so we'll discontinue with beers. Okay. But uh, it was a good beer. From what I recall, it was it was tasty. But then again, anything that's not a cheap lager, we find tasty because it's, it's it's at least interesting. Well, I won't say this was cheap lager, but it is a lager. It's a Pilsner. Oh, it's a Pilsner. Okay. Well, Pilsners yeah. are good. I like Pilsner beers. I think the biggest problem I'm having reading the label on this thing is the uh, script, the uh, font they used. Between the fact that it's uh, a Belgian word and what, it's got this fancy script. No, the actual name of the beer. And you can't pronounce it? I can barely read it. <laughs> the font they use is horrible. There's a beer called OK Beer. It's a pale pilsner. It's just okay, huh? It's well it's 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 brewed by the Okasim, O K O C I M brewery in Poland. It is a uh, full pale, as the label reads. Clean, crisp Polish Pilsner. I'm sorry, I'm reading a review right off cryptobrewology.com. I do recommend a Pilsner glass when you drink this beer, and I do recommend giving this beer a try. It's very good, and I can see it being very good with kielbasa or some Polish sausage of that kind. I actually did have it with with uh, kielbasa and sauerkraut, and it was good. So you can match your beers to your foods, Raj. Oh, definitely. What's your In fact, favorite? Uh, there's a commercial on uh, television. It's, um, I believe it's Sam Adams, and they talk about just that. You know, you can match up beers with food just like you do with wine. Oh yeah, you can. Now I'll I'll get I'm not I'm not a huge Sam Adams fan. I'm not a huge fan of their beers. Um I don't want to knock any brewers, but I do feel that uh, Samuel Adams has been somewhat misleading with at least one of their beer products that they've produced. Samuel Adams does not make a lambic beer. And yet, in their holiday sampler pack, you will find a beer called Sammy Adams Cranberry Lambic, which is, in fact, a flavored wheat beer. And Lambics are not wheat beers. So we need to clarify that. And I, I like Samuel Adams beers. They're a, they're a big name. I don't appreciate the fact that they've mislabeled and misrepresented a style of beer as a brewer. That's one thing that bothers me. An alambic is a specific style of beer brewed in Belgium and only can be produced naturally in Belgium unless you use yeast strains that are formulated to produce that type of beer in controlled uh, conditions, yeasts uh, that are cultured in a lab and then and then packaged up for you to use to create your own lambic. But no, that wouldn't that, work either because alambic is fermented in open vats and it uses wild yeast to right right ferment. exactly exactly but what they've done is they they they've they've harvested these wild yeast strains and managed to um culture them in the in a lab so you can get yeast strains that will produce a, a tart lambic uh flavor 
But and, it and, still and, wouldn't be a true Lambic. Well, no, it won't be a true Belgian-produced Lambic or a blend of Lambic, which those Creek Lambics are ale or Lambic, which is a tart and really uh, effervescent type of beer. And they'll blend it with fruits or other other types of uh, concoctions that they come up with. And, and you'll, you'll end up with your black currant lambic, which I, I really like. You'll end up with your cherry lambic. You'll end up with your, your raspberry lambic or your cranberry lambic. Uh, Sammy Adams misrepresents an, a, a lambic beer. Lambics have natural, as you mentioned, Raj, lambics are open fermented. It's all open, and the only place this can be done without ill effect, leaving your beer exposed to the elements, to the air, is in this particular area of Belgium. I love a lambic. It's fruity. It's effervescent. It's tart. And these qualities come from the wild yeast, as you mentioned, that settle on this beer as it's fermenting. But I, I really don't appreciate the fact that Sammy Adams made a wheat beer and called it a Lambic. I find that misrepresenting Lambics, and I don't, I don't dig it really that much. As a home brewer and as an appreciator, appreciator, is that a freaking word? As a person, as a person, as a person who appreciates um, true craft brewed beer, I don't think Sammy Adams should have done that, and that's just my own personal opinion. Well, I can agree with that. So, I, uh, enough of my rant. I don't want to get off too too far there. We started when Roger first showed me how to brew. We made a a, a honey brown ale, and the lid blew off my fermenter because the hops clogged it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that and the fact that I put way too much honey in it. Yeah, we had like six. We had like was six, it five, six pounds, something like that. I think it was two, three pounders, so probably six pounds of honey, right? And we already had like six pounds of malt extract. We're talking about almost twelve pounds of. I think we made a barley wine essentially, Roger. Because, because if you think about pretty it, pretty close to it, I'd say yeah. The longer that stuff sat in the bottle, the stronger it got. It's literally, and we. Uh, you drink two of them and fall asleep. It was so strong. But um, it started as a honey brown, and that was our first beer together. And then I went and brewed uh, a beer on my own, and Roger brewed a, a couple, uh, brewed a nice coffee stout and a vanilla stout or porter at one time, right, Rog? No, I never did make that one. I thought you made a vanilla. No. No? Oh, we were drinking the vanilla when you were talking about making it. Yeah, that's um, one of them I've always wanted to make and just haven't yet. Oh, that was delicious. To date, I think the two beers that I've made that I'm most proud of are a thing called the Hometown Tales Jersey Devil Pale, which you can find it on the Cryptobrology website. I actually did it for Gene and Brian on Hometown Tales podcast. Check them out; they're funny. It's entertaining. But I I made a beer in their honor because one of their uh, one of their listeners emailed them and said, "Hey, you should come up with a beer that's called Hometown Ales." So I brewed one for them. That beer was my first. Two row malt mash, all grain brew, with five ounces of hops in it. So this was a little hoppier. In fact, one guy commented that it was an IPA, but it, it wasn't really an IPA. It was just a pale ale. It was a little hoppy though. It was like a Sierra Nevada pale ale. Very good, very light bodied, um, and very drinkable. I'm very proud of that one. The other one I'm really proud of is my Megalodon barley wine style ale, which unfortunately, Roger, I'm sad to say, I did not get into the uh, the label contest uh final uh mentions at all on the BYO. Yeah, that kind of stinks. I went on their website the other day and the contest is over and my beer's not there. Although I think it's a cool label 
And I should post it up on Cryptobrology anyway because it's kind of neat. But that's a barley wine that I made. That that's was a good beer, too. And it's strong. It's one of those sipping beers. I have poured the whole thing and drank it, but it's strong. It's almost 11%. So yeah. that's, that's not something you're going to be tossing them back. It's it's one of those beers you kind of take one bottle and split it between a couple of small glasses. If you, if you start tossing them back, you're not going to be tossing many. Exactly. I did that with I did that with Bigfoot once from from Sierra Nevada. They make that Bigfoot ale. It's nine and a half percent, a little over nine and a half, like nine point six or something. I drank almost I think four, almost a six pack. I was going to say of these flying fish, barn raiser ales or something like that. They were awesome, but those were like seven percent. So I was already, like, buzzing pretty good after four of those. And then I had, like, two Bigfoot barley wine ales with a friend of mine. Krista had to drive home. I was out. I could not drive. I was toasted. But, uh, but yeah, those are my two favorite. What are your favorite beers that you've brewed, Raj? What, which beers are you most proud of? Oh, definitely the coffee stout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I can't think of anything, you know, just I, off the top of my head that really stands out because I've never really brewed specific types and i've right. not named them or anything i just i go into the uh homebrew supply store and i just start looking at everything they have to offer and say you know this looks like it would go good with this you know sounds like it would ta- be tasty and i just start throwing stuff together i start formulating formulating my own i actually like trying to go for a certain style or a certain quality to the beer so i'll look and see what what ingredients create a certain quality? Like, do I want a Belgian yeast strain? I actually saved the one Belgian yeast from the from a beer that I I, uh, I drank. You can do that with uh, Sierra Nevada too. You can actually save a bottle with a little bit of beer and yeast in the bottom, swirl it up, and you can culture that. You can get that yeast to grow and uh, multiply, and then use it to ferment your own beer. So, I have yet to actually do that. But I'll try and match a yeast with the style that I'm brewing. And if I find a yeast that I like, I'll use that for a specific style. And if I'm doing something else, I'll use a different type of yeast. On that note, I have an announcement I'd like to make. Our friend Sean has, unfortunately, backed out of the podcast uh, recording. He, he, might, he says he might pop in every now and again. But he's just got a lot of stuff going on in his life, and he's uh, too preoccupied with some other stuff to, you know, to have time for the podcast. So he's not really too into it anymore. So anyway, that's fine. We got Roger there down in Florida, having a good time with him. But uh, but it's been a good cast. Thanks for chatting with me about beer. This is Drew from Jersey. This is Roger down in Florida uh, from the Cosmic Pirate Radio Show. We are the two new hosts. Nice chat with you folks. We'll see you next oh, time. Not that new. What? Not that new. You're not that new? No. No, you've been not on quite about a... five or six of these. Yeah, you've been on you've been on quite a few of the casts with <laughs> Well, we're doing good. We're doing good. I think I think we got a good thing going and uh, I think we'll be cool, you know? Yes. As long yeah. as we can continue to come up with topics, uh, yeah. If anybody out there has anything they'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Send your email to cosmicpirate at gmail.com and make sure to stop by. What's that address? That is cosmicpirate at gmail.com. Oh, okay. Yes, I've got that now. And make sure you stop by cosmic.myeyez.net and check out our blog there. Or just Google Cosmic Pirate Radio Show and you'll come up with a link for that. 
So, uh, all right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Raj, thanks for joining me again for yet another podcast, and we'll be back for another one soon. Bye, guys.